Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the GTM News Show. I have Kyle Racky here. Um, thanks for joining me today, Kyle. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Looking forward to it. So today, um, Kyle is the CEO and co-founder of Proposify, and I actually came across uh, his podcast on LinkedIn, and he was talking about Chat GPT and how he was able to create a roadmap, twelve months worth of content through ChatGPT. So we're gonna talk about all, all about ChatGPT, his, Kyle's personal experience with it today. Um, and then also kind of the overall, what's what does this mean for B2B teams moving forward, go-to-market teams moving forward? Um, how can folks uh, leverage these tools, but then um, also position their careers long-term as well? So let's just jump right into it, Kyle. Love to hear um, if you wanna give people kind of high-level overview of, of what you shared in your podcast around using ChatGPT to create that 12 months worth of content. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, like, like a lot of us, I, uh, I jumped on the bandwagon pretty quickly with chat GPT when it was, uh, I think back in November, it, uh, first launched and was getting everybody pretty excited about it. Um, so, you know, I was talking to my friend about like different use cases and how he was using it. My friend, Bill Wilson, um, who does price to profit. He's like, you know, he's using it to help him write. He's been using Jasper mm. AI for a long time. So I've always been a, like a little bit skeptical of, of AI writing, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but when I started to use chat GPT, like I really saw the potential for not necessarily how it would write for you, but how it would help with idea generation. Um, <clears throat> and so it kind of happened around the time, uh, during the holidays, I was thinking about content for next year for this year, you know, and, I had also bought a course by Justin Welsh on mm. building your LinkedIn audience. And so he had some, a lot of really good ideas and frameworks for, uh, for content planning and strategy on LinkedIn. And I kind of combined these things into basically like I took the time that I had between Christmas and new year's and really dedicated like say three or four hours to this where I was basically like, what could I use ChatGPT to essentially generate a year's worth of content ideas? Um, and the reason I picked a year was because, you know, everybody I think starts with good intentions around this time of year, just like they do with exercise, <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym every day, but then <laughs> life gets in the way. And it's kind of the same thing with content. Like people <laughs> go, oh, I want to consistently post to LinkedIn or my blog or my podcast or what have you. And then it becomes, oh, I got too busy. Uh, you know, life got in the way. Um, but a lot of times when you really sit down, even if you schedule blocks to sit down and write content or create content, a lot of times you run up against like, oh, I, I don't feel like inspired by anything or I don't mm. know what to write about. So that can be the big blocker because mm. you know, you got to come up with something and you might even have a, a, like a brief list of ideas, but more often than not, people post in the moment when something comes to mind or when they feel inspired by something. So it's always, it's, it's, it's not very intentional. It's always driven by how inspired do I feel, which you can't control. Mm. You can't control when you feel inspired. Right. So basically what I did was I was looking at Justin Welsh's framework for content. And then I was like, what if we let chat GPT assist us here? So I can break that down. If you want, you know, me to go step-by-step step with that process. Let's do it. Cool. So Justin Welsh's course is excellent, recommended to people. Um, he had a really cool way to think about that idea of like, how do you generate a bunch of ideas really quickly? And so he had 
So basically do this, think about who your target audience is. So assuming people listening to this kind of have an idea of like, what is their target audience? Who do they go after? What is their niche? And then think about, okay, if your niche is, you know, parents or, uh, or sales leaders or, uh, engineers, what, what have you, that sort of that, um, ICP audience. Okay. What are the topics that you like to write about that, that, audience would care about. Hmm. So for me, you know, I'm interested in sort of like my side project, my own personal content in helping other founders get to product market fit and, Hmm. you know, build a SaaS product because Hmm. that's what I know. That's what I've done. Then that's what I like to write about. And that's sort of the group I could help. So you sit down and you write down, okay, what are all the different topics that I've written about over the years on it? Okay. Well, there's like growth, there's leadership, there's you know, um, uh, customer interviews, like there's a whole bunch of things. So you come up with like, say 30 to 40 high level topics that you like to write about. And then what you do is you place it in a spreadsheet and across the columns, you would put different structures of content. So mm-hmm. this is what I got from Justin Welsh was, you know, basically eight or nine different ways to structure content. So those ideas are like, analytical content where you analyze something and break it down. It could be, um, you know, contrarian content where you're coming up with like a position that's maybe the polar opposite of what traditional wisdom is or what most people are saying. Um, you can do a listicle, like, you know, five ways to blah, blah, blah. So there's basically eight different, um, topic structures. And his idea was like, if you just kind of mix and match, so if like, oh, I'm going to do an, uh, a, a piece of content on you know, management and make it contrarian, then that would sort of be like your quick idea. And then when you get Mm. down to writing it, you've got something to work with it. So that isn't anything new that I came up with. That was what I learned from Justin's course. But then I thought, well, what if ChatGPT assisted? Mm. So basically the idea was I wanted to come up with, you know, one in-depth article or newsletter uh, a week. And I didn't want to like face um, choice paralysis when I sat down to write mm-hmm. it. So this is the problem with a big topic list. So if mm-hmm. you've got a hundred topics that you can talk about and you sit down to write, well, which one do I pick? Mm. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, instead, what I did was I very randomly um, just put the topic name and the content structure as the name of a Google doc. And then I just copied it a hundred times and I just swapped it out. So basically mm. like, my January folder has four articles in it. Google Docs are already made and it's management contrarian style, um, customer interviews, listicle, what have you, right? So your content structure with your topic. Then what I did was I opened up everyone and this does take a while. Like it takes a couple hours yeah. for sure. Okay. You open it up, you take, you go into chat GPT, you take your topic idea and you say chat GPT write me five headlines that are about management from a contrarian style. So ChatGPT will go and, and write however many headlines you tell it to. And at least one or two of those will be pretty good. You'll be like, oh man, with a few tweaks, that would be really good. So hmm. what I did was I pasted that into the Google Doc for that specific article. Then I took kind of like highlighted or bolded the, the headline idea that I thought was probably the best. And then I took that idea, went back to ChatGPT and said, now write me an article about this. And so it would go and it would sort of write you an article. And then I didn't care what was in it. I just took it and I pasted it into the document. And that was it. 
I did that for basically like say 52 articles. Okay. And with two hours and a lot of copy paste and a lot of coffee, like you can get through that pretty quickly. Yeah. And that now what it is, is like, yeah, the content isn't done and it's not even necessarily good content, but now I don't have to think about it. Every Friday I write my newsletter for my, uh, you know, SAS, this new like Saturday SAS, Saturday morning SAS newsletter that I'm writing for folks who are interested in it. Friday, I just open the Google doc that's next on the list and it's already got the headline and it's already got the meat of the content. And sometimes I'll pivot to something that's like kind of different, but it was sparked by that idea. But the point is that I don't really have to think about what I'm writing. I go, okay, I need to talk about this. Here's what, here's, you know, some background information to give me a little bit of context to get me in the mood a bit, you know, to, to inspire. Yeah. I love it. That's it. It's super cool. Um, so if I'm hearing correctly, it sounds like you had a, uh, almost a category, a topic category that you outline for the 52 weeks of the year. And, and then you, so you had a kind of a framework for like what you wanted to talk about, but then chat GPT did two things first to help you create a title. So, and that was kind of like, that's, and then that's kind of dr drilling down into the specific idea. Yeah. You, you gave chat GPT just a category. Is that right? Just like, and yeah. then you came up with the actual like specific topic that you're going to talk about. Is that yeah, right? I'll, I'll give it, I'll give an example. So I'm going to open okay. up my drive here, go to where I've got this stuff stored and I'll just jump ahead to May. So cool. I've got four articles in May. One is called um, achieving PM fit essential analytics to track. So that I probably took that headline from chat GPT. Um, Another one is, you know, SaaS that makes it versus the 99 that don't. Um, another one is save time and resources, validate your ideas without writing code. So these are just, basically I've just replaced these names with the ideas that ChatGPT gave me. I'll, I'll look into this last one, save time and resources, validate your ideas without writing code. So um, ChatGPT gave me five different headline ideas you know, no code validation, quick and easy ways to test your ideas. Mm. Uh, the no code way to test your ideas, simple and effective validation. So the one that I picked was number two. That's what I put at the top of it. And then there's basically like a five bullet point article that ChatGPT wrote me. And again, I'm probably not going to use any of it. It's, it's really just a starting point to jump off and be like, oh no, that's wrong. It's actually this, but you're just filling in the blanks at that point. Got it. I love it. Yeah. And I think even what you said earlier, I can resonate with consistency when, with creating content and then also uh, inspiration. I think that's every writer's or, or artist uh, plight is uh, doing it consistently, but then also having new inspiration. And that's cool that you kind of figured out chat GPT to kind of give you um, almost the building blocks for creating. And then uh, and then it did sound like you did go through a planning process that then helped you in, in combination with getting that consistency down. I'm curious, you mentioned you were skeptical uh, historically using AI tools like ChatGPT. What was the aha moment? It sounded like there's a couple different things that helped you with it. What was that real aha moment? You're like, oh my gosh, this can be, uh, can save me a lot of time. I think it came from just playing with it and seeing what it could mm -hmm. do. And I probably still haven't scratched the surface of <clears throat> what it can do. Like, you know, my friend Bill showed me how you can reference th like things that ChatGPT wrote you earlier in the conversation hmm. without having to retype it. I didn't know hmm. that, right? Like, <clears throat> you know, 
it's basically getting it to build on top of itself. So like yeah. there's so many kind of when you if you think about it just as a essentially like a slightly smarter search engine, mm -hmm. you realize like that's pretty limiting, but there's a lot that it does that goes beyond that. I think for for me though, like the skepticism comes from can a robot really write an engaging article? Mm. Um, mm. I don't think it's there yet. I think it probably will get there. But the when I think about the articles that I like to read, the essays, the blog posts, mm. they come from a real like human perspective. They're not always grammatically correct. They sound mm. conversational. Um, and mm. they come from deep experience and nuance. And I don't think that AI has that yet. So anything that it generates generally reads mostly like AI content. You're like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's about as good as anything that's on like, you know, <laughs> big websites like, you know, mm. entrepreneur.com or yeah. business insider. Like they're fine. They're just generic. Yeah. Yeah. You, you brought up a good point as far as the, and actually I was at a lunch with some friends yesterday, my wife and I, and we were talking about ChatGPT and, and, uh, it was interesting because I think the conclusion, one of my friends brought up this really great point where she was like, um, it's almost that AI generated content is too perfect mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't have this, the humanness of it. And, um, I wonder, you know, and I think there's part of that is actually like the grammar and the structure of it. It's almost like too cookie cutter, but then also just the creativity of humans and just, yeah, how we have our our unique imp uh, imprint on things. And I don't want to get too philosophical uh, here, but um, I think there's a lot to be said for that, for that input that the humans give. And I actually want to read this quote I just saw yesterday uh, by the co-founder of HubSpot, Dharmesh Shah. And he has such a great way of phrasing what we're talking about right now. And it's, he said, um, quote, advanced prompt engineering in chat GPT is a mix of learning a new language and teaching a new language. You learn how to describe what you want, you and then you teach it how best understand what you're asking. And uh, first, there's this whole new world of prompt engineering, which is what we're talking about, right? Which is how do we ask the right questions? And I'd be curious your thoughts on um, any other things you've learned about ChatGPT? You mentioned, hey, it can look at, you know, historical conversations you've had and pull that. What other things have you learned about asking the right questions so then it can help you create the right content? Any thoughts there? Well, I, I where I think would be interesting to go is is one of your points that you just mentioned that was in the quote from Darmesh, which was around teaching it, teaching the AI. Mm. And I think mm. that right now the the builders of ChatGPT and other AI writing tools have a problem, which is that invariably when you use these things, you exit their environment. So I'm sure hmm. like the writer, like the makers of Jasper AI have kind of played around with that around the same time as ChatGPT. And they have like more of a, a robust software for like actually writing articles within there. But more often than not, most of us are going to copy what the AI creates and move it to Google Docs mm. or Word um, or directly to like LinkedIn or some sort of social platform. And I think the challenge that these developers are going to have with AI writing tools is that um, the feedback loop gets cut off. So mm. ChatGPT can generate ideas. And out of those ideas, I can take one and run with it and hone it and refine it 
but the tool has no idea which one that is. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't thought about that. Um, as far as the positive feedback loop of like what worked, what didn't work, what, what did you, I mean, there is some sort of, you know, you can like it or not like it and give feedback to the program. Um, but that's super interesting. Any other thoughts on Darmesh's quote? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's insightful, but, but that is kind of where, um, again, that skepticism comes in where I go, mm. are we actually teaching it? Mm. We're, we're teaching it based on the questions we asked for sure. But I think that the power, so if we want AI to go from, and maybe we don't want, but you know, I assume the, mm. the makers of AI want it to get smarter and smarter. Um, it's definitely a topic that's polarizing and some people are quite creeped out mm. by for good reason. But if we sure. actually want to get to the point where AI is getting so good that you can't tell it's a robot and that it's, it has that fingerprint of human behind it and it feels like a human wrote it and it has the nuance and the, if it, if we want that, we have to teach it what it, what that looks like based on, um, which elements it's writing and how we use it and which things we choose to ignore and which things we choose to go with and edit down further. And currently there's not a feedback loop built in chat GPT for that. Unless a, a, the person okay. happens to stay within the environment, which they, they probably aren't going to do. Yeah. It makes sense. Interesting. Um, any, so you mentioned, uh, Jasper AI, any other, uh, AI tools for creating content that you've come across that you've, any, any thoughts on, on those? I haven't even used the image generator yet. That one, uh, mm. you know, that one creeps me out almost more than the writing. <laughs> I think it is interesting Weird. though, that when we think about what AI can do, um, people have almost always thought the first thing it would replace is like blue collar work or, um, highly repetitive manual labor and that it actually, the, the, the makers of this software kind of went the opposite direction and went with like the creative jobs first programming, writing, art, design. So fascinating. <laughs> I, I, I was, I've thought about the same thing and I know a lot of people have brought this, this idea up of, um, we were expecting it to be, I mean, and it has obviously automated a lot of other things outside of the creative jobs, but. Um, I, I wasn't expecting it to be this robust so quickly. Um, and you know, it's still not perfect. I think you still need a human element to it. I, I have it, I'm currently using it to, um, take our, uh, basically help create a blog post from my, this podcast episode. So from this podcast episode, I'll listen to it, create like five to 10 points, and then I'll give it a chat GPT to then create a blog post. And I did that most recently. And, you know, once again, you had some tweaking and, but it, it was, I, that was my aha, aha moment. It was like last Friday when I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually an almost similar uh, usage that you're using it for. Um, and uh, almost to summarize, or I have an idea in some way and I have a creative you know, perspective on something and then, then to fill in the blanks and help me do the, the, the heavy lifting. Um, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the rest of uh, kind of the, I guess, maybe looking back um, at your career and if you were just starting out in either in uh, the SaaS world or whatnot, how would you look at your own personal career development um, and areas that you'd want to focus in to leverage AI, but then also focus on the skills that you don't think are going to be replaced by AI? Mm. Any thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not somebody who would bet against AI. Um, I think that when you hear people saying, well, it's not that good or it's limited in this way or that way, like you kind of, I've at least been around long enough that I remember people talking about the internet that way or mm. mobile devices that way. And so technology is always moving forward. And I, I think that if you've got a, um, really just kind of watershed moment. And we've, we, we now are at the point where we experience that like every five years or so there's sort of this technological breakthrough that we go, wow, this changes everything. Like experienced it with the iPhone, experienced it with the internet, um, you know, to some uh, blockchain, there is these sort of foundation, like aha mm -hmm. moments with technology that, you know, it always starts very basic and very like limited use case and just kind of nerdy and not a lot of people use it. And it's not that useful, but it, of course it gets better and better over time. So for I've seen that enough now in my life that I just wouldn't bet against AI. I think that it will be a, you know, it'll be just like the internet is for us today. Mm. Like just mm. part of everyday life. You don't even really think about it and you can't even imagine a time when you didn't have this technology. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to enslave humanity or do, you know, do anything that people are really worried about. I think, I think probably the worst thing is it will make, um, it'll make a lot of interactions very transactional because we'll know hmm. we're dealing with robots. Hmm. Um, it'll be more rare to deal with a human, say <clears throat> in a, in a chat conversation or customer service or sales. Uh, and I think we'll appreciate the times that we do get to deal with humans more. Hmm. And I also think that the artifacts that AI creates, uh, there will always be some kind of a divide between what a human can do and what the robots can do in the same way that I've got guitars here on my wall, uh, that people can't see, but you hmm. know, there's, there's things that are made by humans that we know are made by humans and they inherently hmm. have more value because they are things that are factory hmm. produced are faster and cheaper and more efficient. But we also know that, oh, if you can get it handmade, it's it's handcrafted. It may even have flaws in it, but it's going to be more valuable. And I just yeah. think that's the way AI is going to go. I, I appreciate that. And I think with, uh, yeah, that was another com topic that came up at the, at the lunch table yesterday was uh, that idea of that almost exclusivity or that rareness and that, you know, even with the flaws, right, it's like, I'm the only one that has this and it's unique. And uh, I think from go to market functions and my own, in my own career and look at my own development of how can I create that, those unique experiences that no one else can, right? If I'm an AE and a sales rep, like how can I build a relationship with somebody that AI, you know, really can't do now and, and probably not any, anywhere near the near future. Um, and as a marketer, right, how do I look at uh, um, ultimately, how do I create yeah, amazing experiences that are unique and special that no one else is doing um, and differentiate, too? I think that's the other thing. Like a lot of people um, at the end of the day, whatever you're whatever you're looking at, um, how can you be different and either using AI or not using AI to differentiate yourself in the market? Um, well, there's a lot crucial. of generic stuff anyway. Right. And I think mm -hmm. that the biggest thing that ChatGPT, the first, you know, line of business it's going to kill off is all of the content agencies that are out there that spit out, you know, mm. really garbage content just to keep a blog calendar full, you know, and I'm not disparaging against any one of these groups in particular, 
But I mean, so much content out there is check the box content that doesn't add any real value that regurgitates, you know, everything else that essentially a writer has been given like 10 minutes to write or something to make it profitable. And they have to go and like scour the internet and pull a bunch of research. And then they spit out like top 10 ways to do X, Y, and Z. And I think that there are agencies out there that could continue to exist because people want their blog calendar full and they want to feed the search engines new content, but it's not good content. And I just think AI is the, it's, it's the first, you know, real sub industry that, that it will destroy hmm. and maybe it should. Yeah. Interesting perspective. Uh, yeah. And I, I think if anybody is working for one of those organizations or maybe even is in a role like that, um, because I actually did a very similar thing when I was looking at creating a blog post for my, for these episodes, I went on Upwork and I was like, Hey, can I get some help, you know, creating these blog posts? And I was like, okay, that's going to cost too much or it can take too much work or they need to be experts in this field. Um, and so I was like, I'm either going to do it myself. And so I started doing it myself and I was like, okay, how do I add chat GPT? Uh, because to your point, if you're just going to create generic stuff, you're going to be replaced either by somebody that does something better or by automation. And uh, I love that. Super cool. Well, Kyle, I want to have you back on because I'd love to talk about uh, product market fit. So maybe we can have you back on and how folks can get there and how SaaS leaders can get there because I think that'd be really relevant to our audience. Um, we are out of time. How can folks uh, find you online? Um, yeah, if they want to check out uh, my personal website's kyleracky.com. That's R-A-C-K-I. And, um, yeah, that's where I talk about like product market fit and founder stuff. People can sign up to the newsletter, uh, where I send a new article every Saturday that is not written by a robot. And, mm -hmm. um, if they want to check out my SaaS company, it's uh, Proposify. For, so for anybody who sends proposals, especially larger sales teams, um, Proposify is the tool that, uh, helps get really sales leaders more control and visibility into their proposal process. Super cool, Kyle. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate our conversation and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it.